How well do you know Los Angeles County? Even if you grew up here, you might not know that LA County covers 4,000 square miles and is home to more than 10 million people. You might also be surprised to learn that LA County is made up of 88 cities and 139 unincorporated communities and includes everything from forest to coastal areas to high desert. In a place as big as LA County, there's always something new to discover. You're listening to the first episode of the Planning in LA County podcast, brought to you by the Los Angeles County Department of Regional Planning, or DRP. We help decide how land is used and what can be built where. Our planners help create healthy and vibrant communities and accommodate population growth and change. DRP is responsible for reviewing plans for development, making sure people follow rules that are already in place, and planning for the future of LA County's unincorporated communities. In this new series, we'll be sharing interviews with planning experts and stakeholders to give you an inside look into the thoughts and decisions that shape LA County into a place where people live, work, and play in a healthy and fulfilling way. Our neighborhoods are alive with activity. Even in the middle of a global pandemic, businesses continue to open and close, old buildings find modern uses, and new buildings and roads are being built every day. This growth and activity are guided by decisions made by urban planners, constituents, and decision-making bodies. How large should a new building be? Where should a new factory or office building open? Which communities would benefit most from a new park or a train line? How do these decisions impact our ability to deal with disasters and pandemics now and in the future? These decisions can often be difficult to make and require the input of many people. Planning can sometimes feel complicated or intimidating. Planning decisions often take many years to play out and it's easy to get caught up in acronyms and technicalities. So who better than kids to bring us back to basics and help us focus on what's important? building a better community for future generations. In today's episode, we've invited a very smart and inquisitive eight-year-old Sophia Lynch to interview the first female director of regional planning, Amy Bodek. She's got questions about planning and bringing a new perspective on how to plan for future generations. Hi, my name is Sophia. I am eight years old, almost nine. I'm in third grade and I live in Lakewood, California. Sophia, it's so nice to get to talk to you in person. I have actually seen some of your videos, and so I'm really excited to talk to you. Can I ask my questions now? Okay. How did you get to be the boss? I'm the director of the department that your mom works in, and I get to work with her. But when I was your age, I wanted to be an artist and I was really interested in drawing, but I also really was interested in traveling and seeing cities. And so somehow I combined my love of drawing with my love of cities to become the planning director. So I'm, I'm wondering if you have any questions about what planning is all about or what your mom has sort of shared with you. Well, at first, I thought 
My mom's planning was like planning birthday parties. And then she told me that it's regional planning, like designing houses and designing where things should be placed and if they should go next to a park or a factory or next to just like a neighborhood of houses or neighborhood of um, supermarkets. So uh, in the world of planning, you can do all sorts of stuff. You can actually uh, decide where a hospital should go. Really? Or, yeah, yeah. And you can also focus exclusively on being a park planner and just design parks. Or can you design a school? You could. You can design a school and, and figure out where the school should go. We wouldn't want the school next to the factory either, would we? And you can't learn or like finish reading your book. Or you couldn't even go outside to play in the playground if you were next to a factory, right? So you can also uh, be a planner for uh, transportation, which means streets and highways and bus routes. And you can also be a planner for things like a university campus. So you can be a planner in a lot of ways, uh, but at our work at the County of Los Angeles Department of Regional Planning, we focus on um, areas that don't really consider themselves to be cities. And those areas are super different. Some of them are in the desert, and then some of them are industrial areas. Uh, and then some of them are right near downtown LA. But the planners in our department help people uh, get permission to build what they want to build. We tell them they can build it here or, we, or no, you can't build it there. Here's the size that it should be. Uh, we tell them that no, you shouldn't put housing next to factories. And then we also uh, make sure that they don't do anything that they're not supposed to be doing. So we prevent them from doing things that are not uh, good for the environment or good for the residents. Okay. When do you want to go back to normal working? You know, I don't know. I want to make sure that everybody is safe when they can go back to work and that they're not gonna get sick at work. Um, but I think working from home part-time is a good thing for the environment. And planners are really focused on making sure that we can stop climate change. Uh, and by not driving so much, that's one way to do it. How has your neighborhood changed because of COVID-19? My neighborhood has uh, less people driving and it's quieter because less people are driving. A lot more people are walking, especially walking their dogs. So I see my neighbors a lot more. And um, because more people are working from home, like your mom and your dad, um, I get to see my neighbors too. So I think my neighborhood's more crowded, but it's quieter and it's very peaceful. And the air is cleaner because nobody's driving.
The COVID-19 pandemic has changed the way we move through space and interact with our surroundings. Because we are practicing social distancing and many of us are working from home, our radius of activity has gotten a lot smaller. Before COVID, we were commuting to and from work every day. In Los Angeles, it's also normal to drive many miles across town to see friends, eat at a restaurant, go to a museum or the beach, or to do any number of activities. But now, in our COVID reality, we spend most of our time close to home. Since our indoor options are limited, outdoor destinations like parks, beaches, trails, and public spaces within our own neighborhoods feel more important than ever. This is why neighborhood-scale planning is so important. Although LA County covers 4,000 square miles and is home to more than 10 million residents, it's made up of many, many neighborhoods, including neighborhoods in our unincorporated areas. And of course, these are the places where people actually live their daily lives. As COVID forces us to slow down and spend more time in our own neighborhoods, many of us might be thinking about the types of things we'd like to see more of in our communities. How can my neighborhood be more pedestrian friendly? Why doesn't my neighborhood have more trees to provide shade? Are there parks where I can relax and get out of my house? Does my neighborhood have bike lanes and accessible sidewalks? For some of us, adjusting to a more local lifestyle during the COVID pandemic has been a drastic shift. But for others, especially kids, having a smaller radius of activity is entirely normal. After all, if you can't go anywhere without your parents, your options are pretty limited. Okay, um... What areas can you make better for the things I like to do, like biking and playing? Do you get to bike on your street? And I go to the park a lot. Do you walk to the park or do you drive to the park? Right, I bike to the park and play baseball. That is awesome. Do you know that some kids cannot ride their bikes to the park because it's either too far away or the streets are too busy. So I would say um, you have to have streets that are not too busy so that you can feel comfortable riding your bike on them, right? And the playground has to be close enough that you can ride your bike there or walk there. And the playground has to be big enough that you can do all sorts of stuff. So what do you think we should do to make it easier for you to get to the park? You need to have less busier streets. Yeah, definitely. You think the playground needs to be closer? No, it's good. It's only a few blocks away. Good. It's right next to my school. Oh, good. You you walk to school when you go to school? No, I drive there. You drive yourself? No, I I don't drive. My mom. <laughs> Because my nanny did when I went when we were allowed to go to school. If you were the mayor, what would you do? If I were the mayor, which I have thought about this a lot, <laughs> I would build so many parks. It would be crazy. We would be. We would have. Would you have to live in a park? No. No, but there would be so many more parks in your neighborhood that you would have your choice of parks that you could walk to or ride to. You ride your bike to. That sounds cool. It does sound cool. If you were going to make a park, what would you put in it? I was thinking about that, and I wrote a list of things down. Um, really? Yeah. 
I like dogs and I would put a dog park in. I would have a playground so my kids can run around and do their own thing and I can take the dog to the dog park. And I would want trails, hiking trails or walking trails. And I want a snack stand. Well, I don't have to carry snacks for my kids to the park. What about the bathroom? A bathroom, definitely. We need a bathroom and we need a drinking fountain, right? In case I forget to bring water. So I would, I would put all those in uh, my neighborhood park near my house. Do you think I should put anything else in? I think you're good. Oh, good. I think you could draw what you think should be in a park and you could give that to your mom and your mom can send that into the parks department. And that would be a super good way for kids to figure out what they need in their, in their lives. I'm going to draw a ginormous slide. Will you draw some swings too? Uh-huh. Okay. It's like going to be a roller coaster slide, but it's not the roller coaster slide. I like it. I think that I would go on that one. Hang on. Let's zoom out for a bit. Before we can make our streets better for walking and biking and our parks better for playing, how do our urban areas get established in the first place? How do we decide where to build a city and what goes where? What goes into planning a city? All sorts of things. So uh, first you have to figure out um, why you want to put the city where it is, right? So usually a city is uh, created or developed over time. Uh, and there's usually a reason that it's there. Maybe it used to be on a trading route or maybe it has a harbor like Los Angeles and that's why LA got developed. Um, but you have to look at what kind of city you want. Do you wanna have a city where, where it's all housing and everybody lives there? And if so, then you have to make sure that you have all of the amenities or benefits for the housing and the people who live there, like schools and playgrounds and parks and things like that. You don't really want to have housing right next to like a garbage dump or um, someplace like that, right? My mom told me about that. Like you don't want it next to a factory because it's going to be so loud. That's right. How would you feel if your bedroom was right next to or to like a factory and it was smelly and noisy and dusty? I wouldn't be able to sleep. I know, right. So we try to separate those uses from where people are going to live. And when we are designing new neighborhoods, we try to make sure that we have all of the, the fun things for the neighborhoods to do. Like I said, like parks and playgrounds and, and swimming pools and things like that. Takes a lot of work though. Planning is a balancing act. There are a lot of competing priorities when planning for the short term and the long term. And it's up to planners and the communities they serve to balance all of these priorities. For example, we need more affordable housing, but we also need to avoid development in hazardous areas to ensure that residents are safe. 
We also need to avoid development in environmentally sensitive areas to protect established ecosystems. For Sofia and many stakeholders, protecting wildlife is definitely a priority. How do planners protect animals and where they live? That is such a good question, especially since you want to be a veterinarian, right? And I have four pets. You do? What kind? Two cats, one dog, and one rabbit. Do your cats uh, fight with the dog? Well, they hiss at him, but that's it. They've gotten (laughs) used to him. They're used to him. What do you do to protect your rabbit at night? We boarded up the side so they couldn't get out for my cat, too, and um, make sure the gate's closed. And she has... Um, we just let her eat the grass and lavender that's there outside. That's good. That's good. So as planners, we also focus on where the wild animals can live. And we do that by not allowing uh, housing or any development to happen. Uh, So even having parks is good for wildlife like coyotes and all the birds Um, and even rabbits that are, um, that are wild rabbits. But we also have areas in the county that are mountainous. And so we do have mountain lions and raccoons and, and things like that. Um, so it's really important for us to make sure that we protect the wildlife as well. And we try to do that by not allowing development to happen, uh, where we know the animals are going to be there most of the time. So what do you think we should do for protecting animals? Um, like have a space for the animals to roam and have their own little space. Yeah. Kind of, a, kind of like a space away from the humans. I think that is the best way to make sure that the animals are protected is to leave them alone and to make sure we don't put any housing or any... Um, any buildings there. Planners are often seen as the experts in creating quality neighborhoods. But in reality, the people who know a neighborhood best are the residents themselves, residents like Sophia. If we don't talk to residents and really listen to what they tell us, we won't know what's working and what's not working. Because residents know the good and the bad things about their neighborhoods, They're also often the best at coming up with ideas and solutions for preserving what's good and changing what's bad. This concept is the foundation of participatory planning. Participatory planning is a neighborhood scale approach that relies on the public to define the future of their own neighborhood. The public can be residents, business owners, patrons, developers, investors, politicians, and even kids. Do kids' opinions count on where a building is designed? They should, shouldn't they? We don't talk to kids enough. And I think that's why we're starting this effort to talk to kids more. Um, I think we don't get to go to school and talk to you guys uh, during the day. And that's something that we're trying to do with high schoolers now. 
Um, but we really should be talking about uh, planning and city building with kids your age and in middle school. I think you guys have a lot to tell us about um, how to get to school, uh, the issues you have in your neighborhood about, um, you know, if you live next to a factory, how that's really bad and it's not helpful for you. So I do think we need to talk more to kids of all ages. We're starting to do that at the high school level, but still not enough at elementary or middle school level. Can you build stuff? Uh, like hospitals or pet clinics. Oh, yeah, pet clinics are good. You know, I think if we build a new neighborhood that has um, a lot of families that have pets, then a pet clinic is naturally gonna go there. And so we need to make sure that we don't put the pet clinic right next to the house, right? But we put the pet clinic on the street that has all the stores. Uh, and then the, and we make sure that we allow for places like that where a pet where a pet clinic or a pet store could go. Last year, the Department of Regional Planning launched our partnership with YPlan, a program in the Center for Cities and Schools at UC Berkeley. The partnership is sponsored by the LA County 4th District Supervisor, Janice Hahn. YPlan is an award-winning program that has worked with teachers in the United States and abroad. Through this process, youth got involved in a planning project in their communities learned about the planning process, got civically engaged, and became more empowered to affect positive change within their communities. DRP partnered with Roland Heights High, where Y-Plan was piloted for the first time in the Los Angeles region. If we make sure kids are happy and healthy in their neighborhoods, we think that could be a great starting point for making sure everyone is happy and healthy. Efforts like Y-Plan and this podcast are just a couple of ways to open up that conversation. So, Sophia, you have been uh, a really good interviewer. I was a little nervous about interviewing with you because I was afraid I wouldn't be able to answer your questions. Well, I can't thank you enough, Sophia, for taking the time to do this. It really is important for us to, to listen to kids. And this is the very beginning of us doing that. And so you are our very first one. If you found this episode interesting and want to get more involved in the planning process, there are lots of ways to participate. Visit planning.lacounty.gov to learn more about community plans and ordinances in the pipeline, and tune into our weekly Regional Planning Commission hearings every Wednesday to learn more about proposed projects in the unincorporated areas and give public comment. You can also sign up to our email list to keep up to date with planning efforts in your area. To sign up, visit planning.lacounty.gov slash listserv. That's planning.lacounty.gov slash L-I-S-T-S-E-R-V. Subscribe to learn more about our efforts to provide safe and affordable housing, prepare for climate change, protect communities living near industrial uses, encourage transit-oriented development, preserve historic resources, and more. The Department of Regional Planning is still working hard to serve the public during these uncertain times. 
all of our regular in-person business is now being conducted online, including community meetings and public hearings. If you live in an unincorporated area, you can visit our website to submit a project application or report a zoning violation. Again, that's planning.lacounty.gov. And follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at LACDRP. Thanks for listening.